0: Radioinfluence.com. All righty, what's going on? How you be? How's things? How's life? Life is good for me. I'm outside. It's a beautiful, beautiful day here in Florida. We've already got our heat 87 degrees. A little warm for me, but you know what, man? Wherever you are around the country, if you are freezing your bizalls off, I feel for you. I do. <laughs> uh, it's spring training. It's the week of spring training games. It's one of my favorite times of year. We're getting close, close to March Madness, which is always fun. The NFL does not have an off season. There's, uh, you know, I'm talking to you. You're listening to this now. I'm actually in Indianapolis. I'm flying out. I'm going to the Combine and Indy. Always a great time. You get to kind of schmooze with other NFL people and people that work in the NFL and also NFL media. And it's a pretty tight fraternity. And I'm honored to be in it. So all is good there. Uh, But let's right get to my guest. It's not long, but it's good. He was a Danette from The Dan Patrick Show. And he has branched off onto his own show, his show that he co-hosts on CBS Sports Radio National Show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS Sports Radio and Odyssey, the Odyssey app. Also on Sirius XM channel 158. And that would be none other than the Maggie and Perloff show. I am talking about the great former Danette, Andrew Perloff. What a good guy. What a good guy. I saw him during Super Bowl week and he was walking around. He walks around at a fast pace, very fast paced. He's moving and grooving. And um, everybody that knows him, likes him. He loved working on the Dan Patrick show. So why would he leave perhaps the most successful sports show in the world, at least in the United States? He's got a very good reason. But he still gets along with Dan Patrick and and anybody that's associated with that show. Great. So anyway, I wanted to find out how did he make it to the top? How is he doing with the transition from the Dan Patrick show now to his show that he co-hosts with Maggie? Does he get along with Maggie? How did it all work? How did he ever get hooked up with Dan Patrick in the beginning? So here he is. My man. Continued success. Good guy. Andrew Perloff on The Rock Stops Here. It is Maggie and Perloff. It is the great Andrew Perloff, formerly from Dan Patrick. But now they just are holding it down 3 to 6 Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. Congratulations. How are you doing,
1: Andrew? I'm great. Thank you. And by the way, I just literally came from the Dan Patrick show set. Dan didn't recognize me. I had to reintroduce myself. It's been a year and so much has changed. that You know, the Danettes recognized me. But Dan was like, wait, 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 wait. He was stabbing his fingers. He's like, I know you. Ah, so it was fun.
0: Listen, congratulations on all your success. Um, When you were so many years with The Dan Patrick Show, you guys are so successful, you're at the top. Were you all, was there a point where you were thinking, you know what, this is great, but I wanna do my own thing? Or did it just come about it?
1: It just came about, to be totally honest. I had a different challenge. I had to commute a lot farther for the show. So that was that weighed in on my decision. Like, I have no interest in leaving the Dan Patrick show. Maggie Gray was an old friend from Sports Illustrated, and she had this opportunity and she called me. It really was a function of lifestyle, too, just because uh, now I work very close to my home in Brooklyn. So I love, I mean, I love, love, love the Dan Patrick show. So it was, I'm not sure, you know, career wise, it wasn't an urge to go out on my own because I felt like I had a lot of creativity at Dan Patrick show. And I felt like Dan let us be our own things, so it wasn't, I was not aspiring to to co-host a show, but it worked out really well, and Maggie's awesome, and we're old friends from Sports Illustrated, so it worked out perfectly.
0: Yeah, my brother lives in Williamsburg, by the way, oh. and you know, I mean, you love,
1: 20 minutes away from my house.
0: There you go. And as we get, you know, little lifestyle and commuting and all that, that plays into it. Um, I remember when the Dan Patrick, when he made that big move, leaving, leaving, either, you know, ESPN to go off on his own. You guys, you guys were the original with him, right? No, not you.
1: Nope, I came, I met Dan when Dan signed with Sports Illustrated after ESPN. And that was my conduit, I was there. So I was a year after all the other Danettes. So I wanted to see if it would work. And then I came, no, <laughs> basically I came in, but can I tell you a quick story of the yes. early days? Dan in 2000, well, what was the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay? It was the um, Cardinal sealers game. Yes. Yes. So Dan and I were the only ones in Tampa Bay for some reason, the rest of the Danettes were not there. So I had to chauffeur Dan around because it was an NBC Super Bowl and Dan had to go to the stadium for a shoot. Somehow, I had an old school GPS. I got totally lost and I dropped him off. I'm like, we're here. It's a Greyhound racing stadium and not Raymond James
0: oh, I know where that is. You are kidding me. No.
1: That is a true story. True story and Dan will not drive with me anymore. <laughs> you know the Greyhounds? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, Dan won't drive with me anymore because it's Tampa. It's your fault.
0: But, so you didn't know, you know, there wasn't a long relationship? with between you and no. and to, to bring you along to his show of all the people that he knows?
1: What happened was, I, we worked together, no, we worked together for over a year on Dan's SI page. He had a page and I came up a lot and he's like, I think you have good chemistry with the guys we are going on TV, on direct TV. I'd like you to come up every day and be part of the show. And it just grew from there. Wow
0: um what you know is there anything that stands out i mean so many moments you know what i mean so many is there anything at the top for you for you personally there
1: two things stand out and they're not necessarily great (laughs) i broke my glasses in season three or something and it was my first viral moment i was we had this little confessional and i was spinning a basketball because i was about to play against a globetrotter stand set up and I broke my glasses, and it became a huge thing. <laughs> uh, it's and then the other one was I had one Halloween costume where I dressed up as Andy reed in punt pass and kick when he was 13 oh, years old.
0: Oh, I love that video, but I didn't know
1: you did. Yeah, that. it got me my first, my second big viral moment. And those are two, those are my two breakout moments. Uh, it's funny, Paul Paps, my coworker, always said you when you die, the Andy reed costume and the broken glasses are gonna go into your obituary. I'm like, well. That's fine. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. You know what? A lot of hosts on his level, and there's only a handful. Like on one hand, don't necessarily. At least they didn't. Maybe that's a trend now. Including the the behind the scenes or the so called co hosts. Yeah. So much he did that right from the right from the start.
1: Well, he took it from Howard Stern. He openly talked about that. Then you see, there's a show over there, Pat McAfee. Very similar. Yes. I think it's the best way to do a show. Um, you know, my one of my favorite podcast part of my take with Big Cat and PFT, they're incorporating everyone. It's just a great way to get more voices in and have fun and not take everything so seriously. You know, Dan didn't want to do a three-hour show where he was going to have to be serious for three hours. So I think that's why he incorporated buddies, you know, and it's a great way to do it. Two more. What is he really like?
0: Yeah. Yes. Is he different than on camera, on mic?
1: Dan Patrick no. on, Oh my God! The there is of any host here, there is less difference between Dan on Mike and Dan in real life than anybody. No, he is. If you watch a show, you're seeing the real Dan Patrick, a hundred percent. He just doesn't. He doesn't really care to put on airs, and you know he's so successful, he doesn't have to put on airs. So he's really himself, and that's what people respond to. I think.
0: My last one, I ask all of my guests. I'm sure you have gotten it a lot over the years for aspiring broadcasters. You've made it to the top. What is the best piece, Andrew, of advice that you could give?
1: Stay away from the sports media industry. It'll kill you and chew you up, and I don't need the competition. No, I'm totally joking. Uh, (laughs) I thought you were serious. I'm partly serious. Um, I would intern in college. It's not what you study. It's where you work. I would intern, even in high school if you can, intern, intern, intern. Uh, get low-paying jobs. Just There's no way to learn this business except doing it. That's my, my real advice.
0: All right, it's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, nationally, 3 to 6 Eastern Standard Time. Continued success, my man. Thank you, I appreciate it. You know, it really does come down to you got to balance out lifestyle. Like, as you get older, it's true. I didn't believe this when I was younger. You know, you think you're invincible. You think you're going to live forever. You keep on doing, doing. Although my wife says, I have not evolved one bit. We're together now, I don't know, 18 years, 20 years, 19 years, something like that. And she's like, you are exactly the same as when I met you. You have not evolved. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) But you know what? I am what I am. But my thinking my, my my thinking is different you know and your lifestyle is huge number one i got an uber the other day or a lyft um i had a couple of beers i saw my good buddy damon He's in, a, uh, he's in a craft beer bar probably about 15 minutes away from where I'm staying now with my in-laws because we sold our house and we don't have a house and all that jazz. But And I really don't like chancing it. You know, I had had two. I was going to get three. My wife texted me, you want me to come pick you up? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, if you want to. And then I thought, you know what? I can also take Lyft back. She goes, no, I'll be there 15, 20 minutes. I said, great, great. So I had to leave my car there. Then the next day, you got to get your car. And then I did an Uber or a Lyft. And the guy that was driving me was, I'm just assuming like late 50s. And he's like, I don't want to drive at night. I don't want to deal with people that have too much alcohol. I'm not against alcohol. I don't want to hear things that I don't need to hear. People can be stupid when they're got a real good buzz on. It. I just don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, I understand that. Like I don't want to deal with jagoffs. I you want to have a good life. I still want to be very active. I love what I'm doing and all that jazz. But, you know, your reasoning changes. And when Andrew said right there, like, he goes, I loved working on the Dan Patrick show. But he lives in Brooklyn, 20 minutes from my brother Patrick in Williamsburg. And and the commute was just getting to him. The week, two weeks ago, I had, "Shake shake it up, the Scott Farrell from Farrell on the Bench. And he was telling me that his life has just changed so much because he does his show now in his house. He goes downstairs. That's his studio. He no longer has to commute from North Jersey into Manhattan every single day. He said it basically, it will drive you nuts. It will make you, it'll make you nuts. I remember because I grew up in North Jersey and you could, the town of Dover in Morris County, you could either take the Lakeland bus and get off at Port Authority, and then go wherever you want in Manhattan, or the train. The train is a lot nicer. It's a lot easier. And because if there's no backup, although you can have, you know, there's always delays, things like that. But certainly when you're on the road, when you're on a bus, big deal, you're on a highway like other cars. If there's a major backup, you're backed up. And I would just see these people, these guys, and even a girl, a woman that I knew that she would travel. And I lived up in Sussex County way up there. She traveled into the garment district every single day. She drove to route 23. I think it was like West Milford or Butler. She picked up the bus there. She ended up having to go to the chiropractor because she would kind of fall asleep and lean over. And she had this kink in her spine and her upper, like the neck and the bone, the back back there. Um, And I don't know how she did it. And like, and I would see them on the bus or the train. It looks like they're just, they're getting the life sucked out of them. Like, you know, it's, it isn't, it's, it's hard. So I get it where Andrew Perloff is like, look, I'm on the number one show in the country, the Dan Patrick show, and I'm going to give this up. And I give him credit for, for taking that leap. And it also helped that he knows his partner, Maggie. They were familiar, working, and they knew each other from Sports Illustrated. It really, really helps, and it really is a big thing, man, especially in this business. Coaching fraternity in sports, same thing. you got to know the other person. It's rare where you get a gig and you don't know a person. It's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hired a new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, head coach Todd Bowles. He's in his second year. It did not go good last year. It didn't go good for him and the Jets. He's on the hot seat, man. This is it. He loses this gig. He'll never get another head coaching job. And yet, after 10 interviews, he picks a young guy that he didn't know. That is so rare. I saw uh, Deion Sanders was on a, on a show and he was being asked, you know, when you when you hire your staff, at the University of Colorado. Is there anybody that might just jump out at you in the interview process? And he's like, everybody I know. There's no way I could go hire someone that I don't have a history with. I don't have a relationship with a little bit. It just doesn't happen. So it really is who you know. And he had the opportunity and he's like, look it, I'm going to go. And he seems very, very happy. So Andrew, I appreciate it. Tell Dan Patrick, I said, Hey. Always a big, big fan. Now, years and years and years and years and years and decades and decades and decades and decades decades ago, when I first got into this business, I was in northern New Jersey at a couple of local yokel radio stations. And then I started covering the Giants and the Jets and the Knicks and the Nets and the Mets and the Yankees and the Islanders and the Rangers and the Devils. You got all that in that New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. And I was just doing reporting and it was on TV and it was on a national network. And at the time, I think I remember Dan Patrick. He was like the CNN reporter. I think he had just already left. I think it was either before or after. It's so long ago. There was another guy. He was a tall guy, too. I think he had reddish hair. I think he ended up in Salt Lake City. Uh, as an anchor reporter. But I just, you know, and that's a long time ago, but I I remember, you know, you got to come up through the ranks. And I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I am so thankful that I grew up where I did and have an opportunity as a young, young, young guy to be in that New York mix. You know, I would travel in and I just minded my P's and Q's. You know, I do see some that are younger, that come into this business now, and it just blows me away with their confidence. Confidence bordering on cocky. I don't know where that comes from. How do you get that? You've never covered, there's a couple. There's one I was like, you, you've been in this business. You're covering the Bucks. You're covering Tom Brady, 7 times Super Bowl champ, one of the greatest ever that ever played in the NFL. What, you, you, you What else did you do before this? Nothing. No, I never covered anything. How do you come across so confident? How do you walk up in the locker room when it was open locker room this year and just going up and schmoozing with these guys and hanging and backslapping slapping? And it just blows me away. I, I didn't have that confidence. I just minded my own business. and uh, But it was a great, great learning tool. So Dan Patrick... What a success. He's been like, how about that? That's another. I give these guys credit that are at a big 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 network or platform. He's at the worldwide leader, ESPN. Now, things have changed a little bit, but everybody used to watch ESPN. Now there's so many different outlets, the ratings are so much less. Nobody not a lot of everybody waits around for SportsCenter. You get all your, you know, your updates on your phone in real time. So, things have changed a lot, a lot. But still, he he and he and uh, what's his name? Um, when they were anchoring together, man, they were they they were it, they were it, and their use of words and uh, and they were entertaining, but also brought you the news. And I mean, he was it, Dan Patrick, and to leave that to venture out onto his own and like Andrew mentioned, and I forgot about that, he didn't right away get the Dan Patrick show, he was just done with with the worldwide leader. And then he's like, I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna bet on myself. And he went to Sports Illustrated. And he had a little column, it wasn't much. And then this and that. I remember being at a Super Bowl, I don't know which one it was, when he had already gone to the Dan Patrick show. It was on NBC Sports, NBC had the Super Bowl. And I remember he was doing, I was in the media room I don't remember which Super Bowl it was, but I was in the media room and I remember one of the camera guys, one of the tech guys looking up at the monitor and going, wow, Dan Patrick's doing the interviews after the Super Bowl up on the big stage. That's that's a high ranking position. Wow. They gave him. Wow. He got that. Like I was like, wow, you can't get higher than that. But he's done it his way and he's done it with the Danettes and he, he uses them a lot. Like Andrew said, McAfee does that. I like that. Use the board ops. Use your producers. Use your other guys. It bust balls. Bust chops. You know, you got to do that. Got to do that. And I was thinking about it, like in the, in the workplace, can you do that anymore other than being in media? Like at your job, if you're not in the media, your job, can you bust balls at work? You got to be very, very careful of what you say to a coworker. You got to make sure you know who you're busting balls with. Is it better just to stay away from that? Like times have changed, man. I don't want to see you lose your gigs. All right, what else we got going on? Like I said, I'm at the NFL Combine. Not right now. I'm in sunny Florida outside. Homeless. Uh, we don't have a home. We're staying with my in-laws. Uh, but I will be at the NFL Combine and i'm thinking about bringing you eric burns possibly next week or do i wait until opening day it is a tremendous podcast he is he is he is so cool so cool oh my god i enjoyed that so much that's coming up but i just started thinking about spring training in all the years going back to when i was at fnn sports financial news network Monday through Friday, and FNN Sports on weekends, and I and or even NJN New Jersey Network. We would come down every year, and we would make we would go from the West Coast, where I am right now, Southwest Florida, to the East Coast, South. The Yankees used to train in Fort Lauderdale. That's how old I am. Yeah, the uh, there was a little stadium in Miami, uh, West Palm. Uh, there used to be a thing called Boardwalk and Baseball. We'd hit the Kansas City Royals. Willie, there was Willie something. He was from New Jersey, real fast. And we would hit all the New Jersey people. We would be in Clearwater with the Phillies. We would do uh, the Tigers in Lakeland and uh, the Blue Jays in Dunedin and all that. It was just, I don't know, man. It Maybe... Even here, I still enjoyed spring training. I don't know what, it, I just, it's, I, I, everyone is in such a good mood. Hope springs eternal, you know, and especially when you're living up north and coming down and when you see spring training games and you're shoveling snow, I was going to say shoveling shit, you're shoveling snow and scraping your car. And heating your car up when you get in and freezing your bizalls off, going down into a basement, putting three and four layers on. And when you see palm trees and you see the green grass and you see 85 degree temperatures, it just rejuvenates you. Hell, even when I was living in Denver and I would see spring training games coming from the Cactus League and seeing the Rockies. And I was like, oh, Yes. But I'll tell you what, it was strange. Living in Denver, and you do get a lot of snow, but then it also melts really fast. I was not as cold as I was like in the Northeast. Northeast, it can be damp. It can go right through you. I don't know what it is about no humidity. No humidity in the summer is just gorgeous. And then in the winter, it just didn't seem as cold. It really did not. And at the time... My ex, we were living in Littleton, Colorado. She gets a job with the Colorado Rockies and she went to spring training in Tucson. Never had been in baseball, never had worked in sports. She was an executive secretary in the corporate level. And she got this job as the executive secretary to the general manager. Here I am telling you guys, you got to know somebody to get gigs. And now I'm thinking about it. She got a job without knowing anybody. So it does happen. And I remember she went to the first spring training and she was telling me that the general manager and the Don Baylor at the time, that's how long ago, he was the manager, the skipper. They were busting her so bad. They were like, all right, we want you to give this key to the bullpen coach. This will open up the bullpen. This will open up the mound. Make sure he gets his key. There's no key. And she went down there and they thought that that was hysterical. Uh, You know, just the practical jokes type of thing. But being around guys, being around spring training, it's just awesome. I can remember years and years ago when we, when the Mets started training in Port St. Lucie. And we went down and we were all day on the field shooting B-roll, that's footage, getting interviews, cutting tape, voice tracking, stand-ups, editing, putting it all together. And then... We said, what the heck? We'll we'll head out. We, we, and spring training is an early thing. Like all my other major sports, games are at night. Okay? Unless it's a weekend. So games are at night. You don't start your day until the afternoon. Then you work very, very late after a game. You put together your stories or if you do the 11 o'clock news, all that stuff later, blah, blah, blah. So it's late. But all of a sudden, when you're covering spring training, it's morning. They get up early. You're out at the field early during the day. You get all your work done. Heck, you're usually done early, early afternoon. Who wants to wait to go to the bar until at night? But I remember back in the day when we did go out to a bar, and there I saw Daryl Strawberry. It was a packed bar. It was like a nightclub. He was hanging over at the side. He kind of looked at us because he had noticed us, like we had been out at, you know, at the field. When you're with a crew, at that time, we had an audio guy, a camera guy. I don't know if there was a producer. I was the on-air reporter. And, uh, you know, you're out there all day. They kind of notice who's who. I kind of catch a gander. And then he was kind of let him do his thing. And he was kind of it was kind of an unscrupulous little uh, couple of guys hanging around him. Now he has turned his life around totally. But I was just thinking, like, covering spring training now I don't think there's many players that stay up late at night because you got to be at the field in the morning to get your work. It starts early. You know, some may get out and play a little golf. Some may get out. I remember a couple of years back when Evan Longoria, and he was single at the time. And I remember we went to Hooters and we, uh, we sat at a table and Alonco was just sitting at the corner of the bar just having his food and his drink. He didn't stay long. He was just hanging by himself. He was a bachelor at the time. But you know what? I, I was just thinking of this. A friend of mine runs now uh, a, a beer and wine, uh, a, a kind of a fancy place for drinks, a social house. They call it a bar. And he was telling me, he's a retired police, a cop, detective from Cleveland. He moved down here. He and a bunch of couples have gone in on a couple of bars. One is actually in Buffalo, another, a bigger one in the West Chase area of Tampa Bay, and now this one. And he was telling me that all the indications are that young people are not drinking as much as my generation, older generation. I kind of believe that's true. Now they they're using other stuff. they're using they're doing the gummies and the vaping and the flour and all that type of jazz, but it's just not they're not they don't pound beer, which is probably a good thing. Now, I was also visiting a buddy of mine. It's at a big craft beer, indoor-outdoor brew a brewery. They brew it right there. It's in Safety Harbor. It's huge. Indoor outdoor. And a young guy was sitting at the bar the other day. I stopped by to see my man Damon. That was the day I took the I, my wife picked me up and then I got lift back. I didn't want to I didn't want to drive. I had three. Might have even had four. Definitely, definitely not chancing it. And it was a smart thing to do. But I was there and a young guy came up sitting at the bar and I just said, Hey, what are you doing? Just talking, blah, blah, blah. He went to FSU. He got his degree in hospitality, the hotel industry. And he was working at a fancy hotel, the sand pearl for the last couple of years, but he wants to get into the craft beer business. And he was asking my friend, is anybody hiring craft beer? And it, it recently up until recently, it was like, it was easy to get jobs. You couldn't get, you can't find workers. You couldn't find people to fill these positions. But they started asking around back in the brewery, another bartender there. And I mean, I don't know where you are, but where we live and there's so many tourists, Safety Harbor, Dunedin, the beaches, Clearwater Beach, Indian Rock, St. Pete Beach. It's booming, man. Business is booming. And... He's like, no, nah, nobody, nobody right now is hiring, man. There's a couple of new places that have opened up; they've already filled their positions, so it's good to see. But it's interesting. This guy went to FSU. Great guy. His name, I can't. I think his name was Jack. Good guy, and he got a college degree at FSU in the ho- hospitality industry. That was his major, and he worked at one of the fanciest, most successful hotels, the Sand Pearl Resort. Look it up on Clearwater Beach. But he, did, he didn't like the hotel business. He'd rather get in the craft beer business. Isn't that something? It's something. It's something. And then my friend, Damon, just two years ago during the pandemic, he's like, man, I, don't, I think I got to get out of the bar business because I, I don't see it coming back. Remember, we didn't even know if there, we'd ever be back sitting in a bar. Do you remember that? And we were telling stories the other day, like, I remember during the pandemic There was one place not far from me that was breaking the rules. Do you remember where you were not allowed to sit at a bar? Do you remember where there was all takeout at restaurants and bars? I remember there was, how did these laws change so fast? It used to be if you were uh, approved or zoned for takeout liquor, every bar was just allowing you to buy booze and take it home. And I went to this one place, I'm not gonna mention the name, and I was sitting outside. They had an outside area. I wasn't I was too afraid to go indoors yet. And this guy was sitting there next to me and he works for a uh, the county, a town, a worker, government, outdoor job. And a little guy, a little bald guy. And we were we were shooting the shit. And he I said, How you doing what are you bachelor? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a bachelor, man. I'm a bachelor. Love being a bachelor. I saw oh, That's great. That's great. How'd you do during a pandemic, though? That had to be hard, right? You couldn't see any chicks or anything. He's like, oh, no, just the opposite, dude. So what are you talking about? He's like, oh, my God, I had so much success during the pandemic as a bachelor. So what are you talking about? He's like, Phew. you didn't have to take the girls out on dates. Nothing was open. You didn't have to spend money at restaurants or Shit like that, it's like what? What he goes? What you do is it was all on the internet, and if a girl liked you and would go on a date, he goes, you you ask what they drink. I would bring. What we would do is we sat in the parking lot of this little bar in uh, in an in an area in Upper Pinellas. Okay, I'll, I'll just say that, and. uh, and uh, I brought out two folding chair lawn chairs and we, we had a couple of drinks. We're in the park a lot. It's a nice night. and next thing you know, let's go to your place or you come to my place. Boom. And then there was a bar that opened up uh, on the side. And uh, we just went in there and had drinks and had a good time. Everybody was having a good time. He's like, I had more success during the pandemic lockdown than I ever had before as a bachelor. I said, how about that? But anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um let's see what else we got. Oh, you know what else I have noticed? I think it's more for spring training than it is for any other sport. So I thought the autograph, getting autographs, I thought that was old news. I I've noticed at spring training, fans still love getting autographs. I thought that was done. I thought it was more of a pick. But what I'm noticing, and like I said, the players are in, in, in a good mood. It's also the beginning of training camp. train uh, Spring training training camp. I'm talking like I'm a football guy. Spring training. The, it can drag on. It does drag on. They get tired of games that don't count. Kevin Cash told me that when I asked him at Disney, he's like, I said going to be beneficial doing the first couple weeks at Disney and then going and playing in St. Pete and he's like, let's face it. It can get old. It does drag and it also is hard to get up for games that don't count. You know? I know a, I know a guy that's a worker at the grocery store we have here in Tampa Bay called Publix. And he's a big sports fan, Dennis. He's formerly from New York. He's from Queens. He listens to Boomer and uh, Geo on his app. He only listens to the fan. And he's like, I don't go to spring training games. I, I refuse to go to games that don't count. I don't do that. I don't go to games that don't count. Okay, that's you. There are some like that. There's other people that I know that love to go to spring training games. Hell, I love to go to a spring training game. I went to my dentist a year, two years ago and he's working on my teeth and, zzz, 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 zzz. and he's and he goes oh yeah rock you like baseball you know what i got two tickets to the threshers game today what are you doing that's uh, not threshers threshers is the florida state league affiliate of the philadelphia phillies uh but they play at this stadium in clearwater and it's the phillies and he goes i got two tickets to the phillies game today what are you doing and I'm like, and here I am, a sports caster. But you know what? I would. I wonder if my wife could go. I never take her out on a date like that, you know. And she's always got. I really should do a better job at that. So I texted her. Oh, I said I'll take the tickets. And he goes, okay. I don't. I don't know if I have parking, but I said fine. And again, I love the spur of the moment. Here I went to the dentist to get a crown put in, another cavity filled, and all that. I hate going to the dentist. And I'm walking out with two tickets for this afternoon in Clearwater, Florida, to watch the Phillies and I forget who. And my wife goes, yeah, you know what? I think I can make that out. Yeah, 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 let's do it. Beautiful, day date. She came home, boom, you ready to go? Let's. You got sunscreen? Let's go. Our seats were right at the first base dugout, the first row. Our feet touched the roof of the dugout. And it was a gorgeous 80-degree day. Had a beer, had a hot dog. I think she had a pretzel. Sat out there, just gorgeous, beautiful. Beautiful seven innings, eight innings, whatever, and it was fantastic. And I think that's the beauty of spring training. Go with somebody that you know, hang. Hell, even if you don't, you got to go by yourself. Do that. It's not as much fun. Like, I'll go to the bar by myself. go going to a game or a concert. But who knows? Whatever, man. Good for you. Good for freaking you. But to get outside, not being on the phone, Seeing people, I know a former uh, Buccaneer player, a friend of mine, Ian Beckles. When his kids were young, he had a he had a great line. He was like, "Kids love a live event. Doesn't matter what's going on." on the stage, on the field, just being at a live event where there's a lot of people and there's vendors and there's stuff going on and you're at a live event. It's cool. It's cool. You're not on your couch. You're not at home. It's great to be able to get out. Thank God. While we can, I know some of you might be sick. You're not able to do it. I feel terrible for you, man. Hey, hang there. Your day is coming. But if you can just get out. And again, I love the spur of the moment. And I was telling people, I was like, Oh, we went to the we went to the Phillies game. Oh, how'd you get tickets? My dentist. How'd you get oh, your dentist? Yeah. I was in for a filling in a and a crown. He said, Hey, you want to go to the game? I was like, I never went to the dentist and got tickets to go to a game. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> that was cool as heck. And that that's the other thing too, like the inflation. It's so strange. I went to see my financial guy just to figure things out. I'm trying to do my taxes now. Some things are new this year and I can't figure out. I just uh, wanted to bounce off off them, you know, because we sold a house and we're trying to figure out what to do and blah, blah, blah. And he he brought up this chart and he's like, it is a very strange time. You look, we're right just about at inflation, which we know about inflation. No, no, no. We're in inflation. But. It's even worse like in the UK, but he goes, People are still spending. Like it's strange. The interest rate's gone up, you know, but the the gross the G the gross product, or whatever it's called, like people are still spending. Where's the money coming from? It, do, you, do you notice when you go to the grocery store, you go get gas? Hell, I went into the the aquarium. There's a in downtown Tampa, there's the Tampa Aquarium. And the, it's called the Port Garage. That's where we park to cover the Tampa Bay Lightning at Amelie Arena. And I pulled up and it's like $40 for parking. Now I can get my ticket valid, validated uh, when I go in through the media entrance. And then I go up and then I do my thing or whatever, do interviews and do my work. And then it's supposed to you know, and it come back out. And I couldn't find my ticket. I lost my ticket. Like, I've been out of sorts when I'm not settled. You know, I'm losing stuff. and uh, But luckily, at the end of the third period, like, the gate is already up, you know, and you can go out. Uh, there was no workers there. But I'm just like, $40 for parking. You Nobody blinks an eye. Like, that used to be a lot to park. If it was $20 to park, it used to be a lot to me, you know? And my wife sold... Taylor Swift tickets on face. She, cause she, she's very successful on Facebook marketplace. Just the tickets were so high anyway. She, and my daughter were going to go with her, my daughter's friend and her father. And he was taking his daughter, other daughter, another friend. I think he actually likes going to this. I'm not kidding you. And, uh, the tickets were so expensive and it was just bothering my wife. She's like, I just can't see paying that. And so she put it on Facebook Marketplace. Guys, the fathers like, I'll will get I'll scoop them up for way more than she got them, and uh, they met at a bank just so it was all on the up and up. And I went there too just to make sure. You know what I'm saying? It's my wife, and it's what this guy paid. Like the amount of money for concerts, it's so expensive. But anyway, whatever. I'm not going to be that get off my lawn guy. This is how it is right now. Holy crap! Holy crap! All right, guys, that's about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shorten this bad boy today. Um, who do I got next? I got a whole load, and who knows? I'll be back from the Indianapolis Combine, and I'll get to tell you what that was like. I gave you the stories in Phoenix, downtown Phoenix, two podcasts ago. The the driverless uh, car service. That you have in phoenix where there's no driver but it's like an uber very strange to me what am i going to see in indy now last year when i went to the combine it was a ghost town they had not recovered from the pandemic nobody was around i could walk in the middle of the day right through a red light nobody nobody no cars it was so strange i'm assuming it's going to be a lot different now but we'll i'll let you know so i'll let you know listen if you're not subscribed yet Hit the subscribe button. I mean, it's up to you whether you don't want to listen every day, but it will come right into your inbox. And it's every Tuesday. The Rock Stops here. I thank you. Another shout out to my friends, the Pat and Aaron the Pat and Aaron Show on WDA Radio. Those guys have been so good to me. They're keeping my name alive in the Tampa Bay area, bringing me on all the time. I appreciate that so much. Also, Paul Porter, I went on uh, his show one day. I thank him. Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. Guys putting you putting you on their shows. It's much appreciated. So, there you go. So, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. It's a great time of year, man. It really is. And try to enjoy every single day. And don't be around a-holes. Stay away from them. It's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'll, I'll talk to you next week, guys.